Headquarters is a private fitness facility in the heart of Belfast located just off the Lisburn Road. If you want to get stronger, get in better condition and improve your performance in life or in sport, then get involved with Headquarters Gym. The focus is in small group and one-to-one coaching. This allows you to stay accountable, have fun and get great results from your training. If you're interested in achieving your fitness goals, sign up for a trial month for £99. That gives you 16 sessions for the month and all you need in terms of support and advice in your fitness journey. Get in contact on Instagram at Headquarters Belfast or visit headquartersbelfast.com. William Carlyle Coaching, helping yo-yo dieters stop living their life on a diet and achieve long-lasting fat loss results. We've helped hundreds of dieters ditch the strict, boring and bland diets whilst losing 15 pounds minimum in 90 days. This is all done with the Fit for Life Transformation Program. It's the counterintuitive approach to weight loss and will change your life forever. If you want to know more, grab your phone or pen and paper to write down my social accounts. On Instagram, it's at William Carlyle Coaching. On Facebook, it's just William Carlyle. If you'd be interested in learning more, drop me a message and let's chat. So welcome to the Red Hand Podcast. My next guest is someone who's achieved something very rare. He's played professionally in two sports, rugby for Ulster and Jersey Reds and cricket for Ireland. So that's seriously impressive. Ross has had a really interesting journey throughout his rugby career. He's been hit with setbacks along the way as well, which makes quite an inspiring story. Coming back from injury, playing high-level sport again. So I don't want to go into this introduction too much as I want to hear the details from Ross himself. I send the Ross, I also asked some listeners to send in questions and I was inundated. Probably the most questions I've ever got for an episode of this. So uh, there's some that I refuse to read out, <laughs> but maybe chuckle when I got them. So <laughs> fair play to for sending them in. So Ross, I remember you as a wee kid. You're a good bit younger than me, but um, we're both at Sullivan at the same time, sort of overlapped a wee bit, haven't seen you in a while. So tell us what you're up to now. How, how's life treating you generally? Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> uh, Enjoying life very much. Uh, working now, nine to five. Obviously, a bit different from the, the usual uh, rugby stuff, but um, something that I'm enjoying very much in the in the property development side of things. Um, and it's it's good. It's different, but it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's uh, I speak to loads of players, and like coming out of professional sport into the world of work is a bit of a transition. So we can talk a bit about that as well. But I want to dive into. Your love of sport, I know you're from a very sporty family. Your brother is a very obvious example of that. I know your parents are pretty good, but tell us where did that love of sport come from for you, particularly? Well, I was going to say particularly rugby, but what's, what's, <laughs> what's your true love, I suppose, at uh, rugby or cricket? It's actually, I actually love, um, I think I love football most, you know, just yeah. normal soccer, like just. Uh, um, dad, obviously, he played. Irish League football, Northern Ireland youth, he was all into that and then he went down the, the rugby and cricket route but um, probably uh, mum and dad's where the, the love of it all came from and dad, I was very lucky to, to, to grow up in a, in a house where sport was extremely important. I was, I was kicked outside for hours on end. Uh, dad um, you know, would have taken me to a lot of the games when I was a kid, he would have brought me to training, he would have brought me um, down to his games playing for Hollywood. Um, so it would have been all about the lab and then I sort of saw how much he 
enjoyed it and how many friendships and, and things like that that he made so you know I thought I'd jump on it myself um, and then obviously having the, the wee brother about sort of gave me that bit of extra competition um, growing up um, which is what you need. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know what it's like half brothers and that sibling rivalry sort of spurs you on the bigger and better things. And it's worked for both of you. So, <laughs> um, so growing up, did you have that ambition to play rugby professionally? I know you played sort of rugby throughout school and stuff, but when, whenever you're going through that sort of early teenage stage or whatever as a kid, did you look up the Ulster and Ireland guys and go want to be there someday? Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think I did. I can't really remember if there was ever a point where I went, yes, I want to be a professional rugby player I sort of just I went with the flu um, cricket obviously played a massive part in in my life when I was younger and uh, it was just I think I got to the the decision where you know you were at uh, Ulster under 20s rugby to play but then there was an Irish under 19 World Cup cricket yeah. in Australia and then I didn't get picked for the cricket World Cup so I was just like I'll just go and try and play rugby and I can see what happens but uh, you know I managed it um it wasn't, you know, sometimes when people say, like, you played for Ulster, I was uh, seven minutes off the bench. I know I give myself a shake after and go, that's seven minutes more than a lot of other people. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, oh, seven minutes is just seven minutes. <laughs> you take it, like, no matter what. Right? Yeah, no, like, to have the ability to choose between sports, <laughs> like, that's pretty enviable. Do you know, I'd, I'd love to have been in that situation. Yeah, so. I, I, I sort of, the choice was nearly taken out of my hands, you know, yeah, it was yeah. just... You're not going to go to the World Cup, so I was like, right, I'll just go yeah. and play rugby, and um, that's the path I went. I went down first. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't change it at all. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Uh, we'll get on to. I suppose you probably had enough time to reflect and look back in your yeah. career, and like, would you have done anything differently, or would you have pursued? I don't know. You could have just gone. Ah, I'm injured for the cricket, but I'll, I'll just wait. Do you know? I'll yeah. not risk, risk my health or yeah. whatever with with injury and stuff. But we'll maybe talk about that in a second. But I want to hear a wee bit more about that route in the plan for Ulster. So I want to like even you like what what is that process to get the plan for the first team? Because I know you played against the Dragons and yeah. came on. I remember and a pretty impactful seven <laughs> minutes. Like it was. <laughs> you can tell us why in a second, but yeah. tell us a bit about that route in. Tell us about that first appearance for Ulster. I sort of, I guess that I, I'd sort of looked at uh, Darren Cave probably as my, you know, Hollywood guy, solving boy, uh, into the Ulster setup, playing for Ireland. So I sort of looked at that and gone, like, if I'm going to go, there's my path, there's my uh, sort of route into it, and it's there because I know, I know it's there because someone's done it. Uh, so I always looked at um, Darren as a as a bit of motivation and inspiration, and um, when I had sort of done all the the RDS under 16s, the regional stuff, you go into the Ulster 18 schools from there, uh, and then into the under 20s, um, and then I was in the sub academy. So I never actually I never signed an academy contract or anything. So I was just I was going to training, I was waking up at you know half four, being there from quarter past five in the morning to start a gym session, going to uh, tech or whatever, do my reset my eye levels, like and all sorts of stuff and then um, I was just training and training and training and to be honest, I think it, every back in the province must have been injured. And that's why I was brought <laughs> on to the uh, and that's probably an honest uh, reflection of it. Um, but look I, I was just I was there and I was more than happy to be on the bench and then Sort of when I when I came on for those seven minutes, it, it felt like the best thing in the world. Even though yeah. it was 
we were we were losing and we ended up losing the game like, yeah. it was still yeah uh, it's funny because I think I must be up there around a hundred different past and present players and yeah. stuff I've interviewed them yeah. one of the big recurring themes that keeps coming up is that sort of element of luck where yeah. a load of guys I spoke to Cooney Heron guys who've gone to play for their country yeah. and they've just been to it like um uh, Rob Heron was just over working in like youth hostels and stuff yeah. in England yeah. and then it was his old headmaster was like here our hooker for London Irish just got injured yeah. do you know anyone and then it was like oh Rob's free I think yeah. and so that's just the way it works like so I know you're saying that, yeah no, that's what you do you need a need a fair bit of luck and, and someone to just take a punt on you and, and uh, I was I think they were they were maybe waiting on a Injury assessment on Jared Payne, and then Scolesy, Rory Scholes was on the bench originally. He went on to start, and then I came onto the bench. From, yeah. But uh, I think Sam Sam Arnold made his debut that game as well. He yeah. came off the bench too. So yeah. you know, I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, class. No, it's uh, something which will always live with you. You know, and you can always yeah. tell people that yeah. when you're an old man, yeah, yeah. play for Ulster, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty good. Um, so. Tell us a bit about then. Well, I want to hear a wee bit about that squad then. Like, you got a bit of time with them. Was there? What was the atmosphere like? Sort of in the well, coming through the the academy and the sub academy and yeah. the, the senior squad. What was the atmosphere? Was it fiercely competitive? Were, were there people sort of putting their arm around your shoulder, or are you, are you viewed when you're coming through as a bit of a threat? You know, it's a young guy yeah. coming through. He might take my place. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know if they like they saw me as a threat. Like the the back three that. I was trying to get into was Payne, Trimble, Bo. <laughs> Rory Scholes wasn't getting a look in and he was miles better than me. Like, so I was like, woof, what are my chances here? Uh, but like the, it was you know, I was very lucky in that a lot of the a lot of the guys who had spent under twenties with and that's like a that summer at under twenties, uh, and the Academy boys were there at the time, um, had moved on to that senior training so yeah. like I knew faces there were guys that I knew and then it was just about um, sort of seeing if I could settle in and, and um, play a few A games and, and we'd see where we go from there but um, they're, they're all seemed really good guys like there was no I didn't think there was every, every sort of club will have their you know the older boys will have their wee clique but, yeah. but they will you know they'll, if you need an armpit around you They'll do it, but it also if you need a bargain, like they also do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know that's ridiculous wealth of talent in the back three. Yeah. Like that's it could be an all time back three fluster yeah. there. Yeah. So um, you came at sort of the, the wrong time, and yeah. as you say, like Payne could slot into thirteen. Yeah. You're playing. You could play a bit of centre as well, and you've got Darren Cave there. Yeah, um, filling the the Just gap. A lot of good rugby players. I know. About, like, it's, it's annoying. Like, <laughs> so uh, eventually, then the time came, and you're like, right, I need to make the decision to move over or move away how was it that you made that decision to go to Jersey Reds because um, uh, that's it seems to be like Jersey Reds is a, a sort of not a familiar route for um, Ulster players but yeah. certainly there's guys who've gone on they've, they've springboarded from there and yeah. the premiership sports um, I've actually I, I don't say this out loud too many times but my my, my grandmother was English so I had that English blood. <laughs> uh, so that made me English qualified. So yeah. it's not like they were taking a risk on a on an Irish overseas yeah. player. Yeah. Um, so I decided to go. Uh, just wanted to be a professional. I wanted to see if I could kick on. 
um, and I went over. I knew Mark McRae was there. Niall Connor obviously yeah. spent some time there, um, and it was it was it was an ama- amazing lifestyle. And um, you know we were doing pre-season training, and then you were going to the beach for a barbecue, you'd get in the sea, yeah. have your burgers, or whatever. Like, but <laughs> you yeah. know it was it was one of those it was one of those things where you're like this doesn't really seem real or like this wasn't what Ulster was like it was yeah. like you were just going training uh getting in the sea and then doing it all over again so it was pretty cool that way yeah yeah so that was um in terms of the the rugby side of things I know that you suffered like an injury and that was yeah. really serious and debilitating yeah. and I suppose one of the, the other things that comes up all the time is sort of the mental health aspects of rugby and they don't want to impose a narrative on you mm-hmm. and say oh you must have really suffered but like inevitably oh yeah like that must have been part of it so tell us a bit about those emotions and how you came to terms with having an injury like yeah. that no the I think um, you know, I had two hip surgeries done um, but they're still mine luckily like they're they're just shaved <laughs> uh, so that was obviously it was very tough because a lot of things came along with that obviously I just pubis growing tendinopathy like it was it was pretty intense I remember uh, we were playing Harlequins in a pre-season game at the Twickenham Stoop and uh, we were just doing a captain's run on, on the island and, and uh, like I've gone to set off the run to join in a move like and I, I couldn't stride forward and I was like God, this is so weird like I wanted yeah. to but I yeah. just couldn't um, and then obviously you just you think that you're gonna struggle for a while. I went, got scans, spent two hours in an MRI machine, like I was grim yeah. enough as well. Uh, and uh, came back, obviously. I was, I was sort of hoping there was something wrong with me, because yeah. I'd been complaining about these for ages. Yeah. And if there was nothing wrong with me, I was gonna get a lot of stick, like, because <laughs> you, you've just been complaining and there's nothing wrong, so yeah. what's that about? Uh, so, um, thankfully, in a way, there was something wrong with me, and then well, there, was, there was a clear path on how to fix it you know I needed to get surgery and I was off my feet for a long time there was a lot of walk bikes so uh, it wasn't it wasn't ideal that way because I wanted to be playing I didn't want to do any of the non-23 stuff and um, uh, that was probably the most difficult you know I, I think I had 20 days in a row on the walk bike at one stage and I remember getting off the last walk bike that I did because uh, there was one walk bike and I was sharing it with a Tongan international Willie Colify who he was just an absolute monster yeah. and he was just pedaling away just cruising on this walk bike and then I got on to do the same thing and I was blowing out of my arse like I was struggling <laughs> so whenever he was doing it so easy and I was like dying it just made it that way a bit harder so I remember getting off the last one and just I just started crying like I was like oh my god that is horrific yeah. so uh, there was a lot of emotion um, that way sleeping I couldn't lie down flat, so I spent two or three months on a recliner sofa, just shoveling cocoa ball into me, like just trying to get to sleep. So it was, it wasn't, um, wasn't the best way to live, and there was something you know we needed to get it sorted for for life rather than just mm. getting back to rugby. Like initially, it was just like let's try and get yeah. better for living. Yes, hopefully, yeah, I know. and then you can worry about the rugby after that. Yeah, yeah. So during that time, then what was the attitude shift? I suppose. There was probably a period of time you're feeling sorry for yourself, and then it yeah. turns to right. Either you wallow in that misery, or you yeah. you're like, right, I'm gonna get back to for sort of glory yeah. or or whatever. So what what sort of 
got you through that time? Was there anything in particular? Were there people? Was there books that you read? Podcasts? What, what inspired you? Uh, I'm not. I'm, to be honest, I don't really know. I just sort of said like you can either mope around and, and sap all you want, but the fact is, you're, nothing's going to happen unless like no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. So I just decided that I want to get back. I think there was, was like a some weird stat about. Um, a certain percentage of athletes don't get back to where they were before and I nearly just wanted to prove that wrong in a way yeah. so I just went hammer and tongs at my rehab and uh, got back in November I had my first hip done in January 2018 second one done in March a lot of people who play or used to play rugby listen to this podcast if you're struggling with an injury lack of mobility or some form of pain that you've just got used to living with then you need to get it sorted Back to Better Physiotherapy is a physio practice I highly recommend. The practice owner John Quigg is extremely experienced. He's worked with professional sports teams such as Ulster Rugby and Middlesbrough Football Club. Back to Better provide physiotherapy, massage treatment, personal training and rehab. They also have an ice bath and sauna in-house, which are fantastic for recovery and health. They're located at the Building Box Gym in East Belfast. Book using Instagram at Back to Better Physiotherapy or type their number in your phone now. 075 685 3822. That's 075-685-3822. Get in touch with them and get your aches and pains sorted. Hello the Red Hand listeners. This is Jonathan Moore from SS Moore Sports in Belfast. We're just opposite the front door of the City Hall onto Chester Street where we've been since 1950. We again, like most other years, carry a full range of the Ulster rugby product. We do hoodies. Tees, polos, jackets, gilets, scarves, hats, luggage. We do adults and kids, and that can be I seen in store or online at ssmsports.co.uk. Hope to see you guys soon, and don't forget shop local. Yeah. And then I was back playing in November in the Junior Cup for Balmain Seconds, like, and then it sort of just progressed on from from there. Amazing. No, it's uh, look, it's nothing short of sort of miraculous to get back. Is a new. Again, it just occurred to me there, Jack McGrath has something pretty similar. Have you spoken to Jack or anything about no, that? No, I haven't spoken to Jack. He's obviously he's a wee bit heavier than me. So <laughs> uh, he, maybe, yeah. he maybe struggles with it a wee bit more. And, you know, it's not. It's definitely not an easy thing to, to overcome or, or yeah. try and to get past. Yeah. Um, but I, I managed to do it. And, uh, it, was, it was nearly like I was looking. I had one eye on the future. Like I wanted to be able to potentially run around with kids when I'm older like so if I don't look after this now and try and get it right then I might not be able to do that so it was nearly a long-term exercise yeah. rather than just getting back for a rugby. Yeah and it's, I certainly relate like I, I've had a back injury for years and chronic pains no laughing matter like yeah. say when you're constantly sore and it's yeah. like if you suffer like a compound leg break everyone can see it and it's obvious and you're like right very clear route to getting back to this but if you have some sort of degenerative bone issue yeah. like yeah. <laughs> it's quite hard to explain to people yeah. as, you, as you said at the outset people are like what are you talking about yeah. like uh, and I, th- I think what made it more probably made it more difficult is that jersey jersey released me so i had so mum and dad had to pay privately for my hips because i'd probably still be waiting for surgeries yeah. now so I needed to I needed to go quick and um, if I wanted to get back doing it like I needed to get it sorted as soon as possible so and then obviously I was doing I was pretty much rehabbing by myself I 
I got in contact with Dave Minion, who's the he's the head physio at Ulster. He's very um, heavily involved, and he's sort of because it's not private physio, it's not cheap. Like yeah. so, you were. I was going right. I'll see you this week, and then give me three weeks or four weeks worth of rehab to do, yeah. and I'll go and do it, and I'll see you in a month's time. Yeah, and then we've just progressed from there. Mm-hmm. So every month there was progressions, and um, I guess if you if you really if you really want to do something, you'll do it. And I just, I just really wanted to get back, sort of half fit and yeah. able to play again. So. Yeah, and it's, I think it's you hear about people who have like injuries or particularly hip injuries, but it's different, I suppose, if you're an athlete and your your identity is tied up with being an athlete and then playing professionally. How did you manage that sort of transition out of being the professional athlete into yeah. being just like play? Sorry, not just, but like playing rugby at a high level, but know, knowing that that's probably the end of the road yeah. as a as a as a profession. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that was pretty hard. I had had a decent sort of half season when I came back um, uh, for Hinch, um, and then I'd sort of I was I was PTing for my friend for a while. And I actually met my current boss now, um, who was a client at the time, and um, he sort of I don't know he, he must have seen something that he liked in me because you know he, he hired me in the end, yeah. and I, there must have been something wrong with him to hire me. <laughs> uh, but you know he you know he, he took me on and, and gave me work experience, and then I played in the I played in the Celtic Cup for Ulster A. Okay. Yeah. So I did that. Um, Whilst doing some work experience, then nothing nothing came from the the Ulster stuff. So um, I had a wee bit of I had maybe seven or eight weeks of work experience. So you know I I hadn't played professionally in a long time. So I guess I was sort of accepting in my head, but I knew already that it maybe wasn't going to be again. But um, and looking back now, you know I'm fine with that because. I'll play cricket now. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird. Like you, you, it sucks at the time and it's crap. Like, but down the line, there's sort of you never know what's happening down the line. There could be something good from it, or um, you just sort of need to keep your head down and try and stay out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like your attitude, and as usual, as you look back, it almost seems like it was all meant to be. But I know at the yeah. time, it just yeah. seems like a series of unfortunate events or yeah. whatever. But it all worked out well. And I want to talk. To you. I said you before started recording I don't know anything about cricket really but (laughs) I know how it's seriously impressive and I I was speaking to Nathan uh, Johns who's a big part of this the red hand and he was telling me about um, the fact you did you very well and you've 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 kept on you're getting you're you're now going to Bangladesh isn't that right so tell us about that experience of of getting picked for Ireland and um, that experience of of playing with your brother yeah, well, it was obviously it was pretty cool to be honest. Uh, I didn't think I was as close as I was, but there's a lo- there's a lot of cricket to play, and and I guess the cricket Ireland are maybe trying to increase the depth a bit and try and get more boys international cricket ready potentially to fill slots. Um, so you know, I was well used to I was well used to playing with Mark. We sort of started when we were eleven and nine, and like it was our first. Our first senior men's game against Dungannon when we were eleven and nine, and you, you probably wouldn't see that too much now because they're yeah. they're very protective of kids these days <laughs> yeah. rather than just chugging them in. Yeah, so yeah. like we play Hollywood, Sullivan, CI together, Northern Knights, and then um, finally for Ireland. So in a way, it sort of felt like I was at home and I was playing 
for CI or I was playing for Hollywood, which is very get very good versions of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. um, um, so it was nice having him having him there and sort of relaxing me a wee bit, and yeah. it, it definitely made things easier. Uh, and he obviously um, gave me my cap out in Harare, and uh, that was another very special moment that I'll remember forever. So yeah, class, so good. Um, I'm delighted that you've had that chance, and I think it's probably turned from something which came as a shock to you to by all accounts doing really well and then getting picked on this so yeah. have your ambitions changed now even saying a wee bit before we're recording again but that attitude has maybe changed now um, yeah that, look, it's obviously cricket's a very different sport to rugby and but um, you know it's still extremely intense you know the level of it, it like, it's the intensity's through the roof at times and you know out in Zimbabwe there was 10,000 Zimbabweans like singing they sang the whole time I couldn't hear a thing like so it was probably the best atmosphere that I've ever been involved in um, but I think the rugby's definitely prepped me for it you know that, that professional side of things where you know the, the intensity's up there you still need to be committed driven you know um, bit of discipline in there to, to try and make the cut so um, I guess, I guess, yeah. Again, I just need to keep my head down and just keep wanting one, one to get better, which I do, and um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you're saying about there's clearly a drive there, and it's funny because you're saying look, you're beating this guy and yeah. he hired you, yeah. but there's there's a pretty obvious drive and determination there, and even getting back from injury and playing. I would be very happy with my Ulster career if I were you, but you were like, no, I want to play for Ireland the cricket as well. Yeah. So look, there is a drive and determination that maybe you just think is normal, but it's definitely yeah, it's pretty exceptional. So um, I want to, want to just as we sort of come to a close, I want to ask you, as you look back in your career, I think this is probably a good timing, like, because you've had enough time to look back on your rugby career and also how that interacts with cricket, because you're you've reached such a high level now. Is there anything you'd do differently coming through, like if you were to go back and advise like an 18-year-old Ross about what to do as well, you'd do differently? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe don't don't listen to John Andrew and Rory Scholes and John Crichton when they're giving you grief during the <laughs> under 20s. They, they called me they called me bald for ages, and I was like, these guys must rate me like they called me bald like Brown Driscoll. Yeah. Turns out that they. Uh, saw me get my skin folds done once and they were just making fun of how sloppy my rig was. And I was like, you guys are dead. Um, so just don't, don't listen to them, don't nibble any other grief. Like, if, you, if, they, if you show even the slightest weakness, like, they're going to climb all over it. Um, but no, not, not particularly. I think when that, that uh, rugby cricket decision happened, um, like you said, it sort of happened for a reason. Uh, and then a load of guys who you know, I'm very good friends with now. Like, um, I'd see Al O'Connor regularly for food. I'd, I'd chat to him all the time. Connor Joyce is another one. Whenever he doesn't leave me on blue text on WhatsApp, <laughs> uh, you know that you meet people. You know, I live with guys in Jersey who, you know, it doesn't matter how long you spend apart from them. I know whenever I see them next, it, it'll just be like we were together. Yeah. You know, so it, it's those those bonds, that bit of brotherhood that you make, and, and the friendships you make that um, sort of make it all worthwhile. And then um, I imagine that the cricket will be the same. With you know, I've got a load of friends that I played cricket with. You know, I did all the Irish underage stuff growing up. 
Um, so I know I knew a lot of the guys before um, going into the senior squad. So I guess um, you know I've, I've got a rugby circle and a cricket circle, and then you know a family circle. But it's all just yeah in one nearly yeah, um, yeah which is which is good and, and I, I definitely wouldn't change it for anything that's class you've built up a good network there yeah. and uh so you do keep in touch with all those ulster guys and jersey yeah. guys yeah that's class regularly um, Thank you. Although I'm, I'm not sure they're too happy about hearing from me, like, but I, I love hearing from them. Even if they don't reply, just, uh, yeah. But, you reach uh, out. Yeah, I reach out. That's the main thing. That's all I can do. What I can do. Absolutely. So I warned you before we started. Like your questions sent in. It's not nearly as bad as you think. Because yeah. uh, particularly because of editing. <laughs> but uh, look, there's one here from your brother. This is a particularly cruel one. Uh, so some of these, some of these are serious. Some are not so serious. Um, Mark Adair asks, out of all seven minutes for Ulster, which minute was your favourite? <laughs> uh, oh, it's, it's got to be whatever minute I scored that try in. Like, <laughs> That's a good answer. It has yeah. to be. It has to be. Uh, you know, there wasn't, I didn't really do much else in any of the other minutes, so it, ha- it has to be that whatever minute that was. It's sort of the perfect answer to that question. Yeah. It's like, in my it's short time like, for Ulster, yeah. you couldn't have really done more in fairness. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, good answer, Mark. Uh, hopefully that satisfies that question, a burning question. <laughs> uh, <Sheriff> <laughs> Harry Sheridan, uh, who listeners will recognise that name, asks, who is your favourite team to have coached? <laughs> loaded I mean, question, it's, it's, it? a, it's a very loaded question. Um, has to, probably has to be the, the Sullivan Upper School team that won the Subsidiary Shield final in 2019. Probably because it's the only team I've coached as well. So, <laughs> there are some, there are some golf shots in that team, but most of them, most of them are all right. But there are a few. <laughs> some have gone on to great things yeah, and secured yeah. Ulster contracts and all yeah. sorts of things. So uh, you've done something right, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, I wish it was anything to do with it. <laughs> so Harry Clinton Baker asked, "When are you coming to New Zealand to play cricket or rugby?" Oh, New Zealand's definitely one of the ones that I would love to to hit on the on the bucket list. Uh, at some stage, whether it's to play rugby or cricket, I don't know. Just goes on a nice jaunt or a holiday or something. But um, yeah, New Zealand would be a good one to go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you ever consider? So, was Jersey the opportunity came up? Did you consider moving abroad somewhere else? I think the there was, there was a few guys actually said you should just go to New Zealand, try and play. Is it the Mitre Ten? Yeah, it's, it's the, like the yeah, yeah. No, it's going mm-hmm. try and get picked up in the Mitre Ten comp and yeah. then. Um, see where you go from there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, but um, you know it was definitely something that I had looked into, and um, it would have been a good chance to see the world as well. So yeah. um, Jersey's closer to home. Like I'm a I'm a home bird kind of guy. So yeah, um, yeah, I wanted to stay close. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Fair play, absolutely. Uh, EMG Sharky asks, "Who's your favourite member of Westlife?" Oh, that's another good question. I probably shouldn't be uh, saying this. It's great the amount of consideration you have to get I know. Well, see, see when, when Brian McFadden left Westlife, I was like, I, could, I reckon I could do a really good job of filling out fifth. I was like, please let them hold additions. I know I could like be younger than them, but I think I'm a good manager. Uh, probably, 
I love Shane Filing like he's he's the man. The correct answer is Mark, but good effort. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Mark's got a serious set of pipes on. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I like Shane. I was dragged along to a Westlife concert by my wife there in the summer. Oh, really? Mark, Mark held it together for yeah. everyone. So no, I I think uh, was it in the Aviva? No, uh, no, it was down in Cork. So it was. I uh, went to the Aviva like with yeah. I'm a massive fan. Like I <laughs> Westlife t-shirt and all on and all sorts of stuff. Like so I'm not even gonna pretend. <laughs> Well, it's now on permanent record, so uh, yeah, I hope you're happy. Um, Bradley Looney asks, now that Ross is retired from club rugby, who's the fattest fullback in the AIL? That is a very, very uh, harsh question as well. Although I, I sort of took over from Adam Craig because it was him. And then, uh, who else we have? Roger McBurney. Okay. He, he played Ballon and was at Hinch for a while. Like he was another big lad, so it's, it's sort of an ongoing theme at Hinch. You need to have a, a junky fullback who can, who can shift a bit. Uh, uh, trying to think. There was one playing at 15 for Hinch on Saturday who usually plays 10 and it was Greg Cutley, so I think he's, he's <laughs> okay. taken on the mantle pretty well. Like, so. Yeah, so that's that's something they need to have. Well, look, if you're if you're where the fattest fullback <laughs> flip, um, so Alan Dolly uh, asks, who's the weirdest person you've played rugby with? God, there's been a lot of weirdos. Like, uh, why why do you think he asked the same question about cricket? Also, <laughs> Alan Dolly's cricket by far. <laughs> he is the weirdest man probably I know. Uh, and then weirdest guy I played rugby with. Um, probably someone like uh, Gary Graham. He's in Newcastle now. Right. Okay. Uh, in the back row and um, just off field, like just said the most weirdest, randomest things ever, and um, it was hilarious. Like I loved it, but it's maybe because I'm weird too. But, uh, yeah, he was. He was definitely one of the weirdest ones. Yeah. So Alan, so you're the the, the weirdest cricket player. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Uh, Paddy Dorian asks, what's it like being the second best sportsman at CIYMS? <laughs> Is that, I think that's another loaded question in that it's potentially supposed to be behind him. <laughs> Which is not. It's definitely. It's definitely not him. Like he can't see past his big fringe. Like so. Um, no, being being seconds fine. So I'm well used to that in the house. Like, like, marks, marks there. Like so. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm well used to it. So I'm more than happy to take that title. More <laughs> finally, Mark asked. Uh, did you ever buy a round for the lads after career best? These are all very loaded questions. They are loaded yeah. questions. Like yeah. I, I nearly prefer some of the. The reader ones. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, I, I did, yeah. And that's that's all I can say. Like, I did, I did, I did buy a round, so that's that's all everyone needs to know. Right, okay. It's, <laughs> it's only more like an accusation than a question, yeah, but look, it's, it's answered yeah, now. Yeah. It's a matter of legal records. So, um, I think the final question, I don't know who asked this, who's the best uh, coach that you've worked under? Ooh, there's a couple. Uh, obviously, like S&C... Um, uh, Drakey, Amy Davis, Matty McGuire, all those guys. Um, I thought Jim Maloney, uh, who's an Irish guy, did a really good job in Jersey. Probably, probably turned me into like a, a far better player than 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 when I was when I was here. Like, um, and then you've got I think Adam Craig's how coach he coached me at school. Um, Steve Bowden as well, who's a Doncaster Knights, he, he he was a great coach, didn't take any crap like but 
he was a lot friendlier with the backs than he, he was the forwards coach but he got along he had crack with the backs yeah. instead of but if a forward tried to speak to him he'd just tell him to clear off maintain the professional yeah. distance yeah, yeah. so uh, he was he was a great defence coach and um, yeah probably those guys yeah and um, best player that you played with again someone sent that in didn't write their name down best player uh, I think you're probably going to have to go I mean for the seven minutes that I played for Ulster I'll probably have to say Pinar yeah, uh, obviously an absolute legend but randomly actually uh, Regan King spent a year in Jersey right, the, okay. yeah, yeah. the All Black Blacks so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was amazing uh, just so skillful like like not young when he was there, but just very graceful and how he moved and just extremely skillful. So, um, probably the guys. Yeah, and just uh, uh, on a really negative note, who's the worst player you've played with? <laughs> Finishing this one. Oh, the worst player. Um, that's that's harsh, like, but I th- I'm I'm really tempted. <laughs> uh, you can tell me off off after the podcast if you want. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. After, like, I, can't, I can't do <laughs> yeah. that to him. Like, you don't want to throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> no, that's a good friendship ruined there. Like if I said yeah. that to Yeah. Well, Ross, thanks so much. So it was, uh, it was really interesting to hear about your career and your your sort of fight back from injury and the like, very inspiring. So thanks again. Thanks for having me. That's brilliant. Cheers, Ross. Imagine a place free from gravity. Imagine a place free from all external stimulation where the only thing you can hear is your own heartbeat. A place where your physical and mental health can rest and recover, where you can reconnect with your whole self. That place is Hydroease. Come and join us. You can find us at www.hydro-ease.co.uk.